0: You're listening to the QPEM Podcast. To listen to our previous Sunday worship services, please visit our website at www.qpem.org. That's Q-P-E-M dot org. This week's message was given by Pastor Peter Kim. It's the midst of this uh, season that we're in, and I know that uh, it's a season that we've never experienced or hopefully we'll never have to experience again in our lives. Everything's changed. Everything will continue to change, and uh, we'll see and pray how all this unfolds as we come around the other side. But I know this has affected our families, our schools, our jobs, and especially here at the church, all the things that we've been used to doing every year, right? Uh, Around this, you know, by this time, we would have already had, you know, our memorial, the picnic fellowship. We would have had our Easter Sunday worship where we would have had baptisms. Our members were hoping to get baptized this year. We weren't able to do that. We didn't get to do evangelism explosion training uh, to send out more you know, uh, you know, agents and witnesses for Christ out into the world. We haven't had our summer retreats, and unfortunately, we have to cancel our QPEM fall retreat this October. I mean, all these are big things uh, that we're not able to experience and share together, even here. Man, I can't wait till the seats are filled again here at QPEM to worship together as a family. You know, about this time in August, right? Uh, every year, our church would have already sent off. Last year, we sent off eight teams, eight teams across the world for missions, right? We went to all different places, Asia, Africa, South America, Central America, uh, you know, Kazakhstan, uh, Eastern Europe. We sent teams off to to be messengers of the good news and to encourage the missionaries that we're supporting. And, And this year, we haven't been able to send a single team. It's the first time, right? 46 years of our church history. Not a single overseas missions trip, and it may seem like the mission's work has stopped. It right? Stopped. And during you know, the summers, usually uh, during the mission you know, season, I, I like to normally preach a, uh, at least a short series on, on missions to get our minds focused on the call to missions, uh, not just those going overseas, but all of us to be in prayer and to support that. But perhaps there is no need for that this year, we may think. We're under quarantine. How can we go witness? How can we go on an airplane right now? How can we even go share our faith with strangers, let alone? We can't even go meet people right now that we want to, even our friends, our family. We're at home. If there ever was a time to take a break from missions, is it not now? Furthermore, there's a lot of other things on our minds that are perhaps more important than missions right now. Lot of worries, challenges, realistic challenges, real challenges, fears and uncertainties about the future. Many people going through real suffering, if you want to say. Perhaps if there ever was a time in our lives not to think about missions, it'd be now. We have other worries that take priority. Today on a Sunday, perhaps that normally might have been Missions Sunday at our church. You know, Right around this time is when all the mission teams are back. And at and Coupon, we had the Mission Sunday. We, we had the reports. And the teams come back to share what God did through their team. On a Sunday that could have possibly been a Mission Sunday, today, God has a reminder to us about missions. And how this very season that you and I are going through right now, this COVID pandemic, how this might be, perhaps the most important and the most relevant season for us to be engaged in missions work church, in missions. How so? Let's find out. It's in our passage in First Peter chapter three, verse 13 to 15, right? Our sister sojou read that. Um, I want to focus really on this one key verse today, verse 15. If you have your Bibles, or if you have uh, yeah, your, your, your uh, you know, God's word with you. 1 Peter 3.15, let me read this for us one more time. Peter writes, But in your hearts honor Christ as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason, for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Right. We've heard this before, perhaps, that God, and Peter's exhorting us, Always, in every season, be ready, be prepared to make a defense for the reason for the hope that you have. God says, always, that's a very important word there. Always be prepared to witness, to give an answer for your faith, right? This COVID season is no exception, right? God's word applies to us in all seasons, and he says very clearly here, always be prepared. Okay, okay. God, how should I be preparing to you know, give a reason for the hope that I have when I can't even you know, go out anywhere? How is this relevant today? How should I be preparing now? Well, the Greek word for prepare that we see in the ESV, in the NASP it's the most literal translation of the scripture. It says, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your heart. And it says, always being ready. Always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, right? Let's be ready, God says, always. To give an answer, a case for the hope of why you believe. Practically, for us, you know, how are we going to get ready? And how, what does it look like in this season to be so, right? Well, to answer this, I, 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 I see another text where Jesus says something about being ready to witness. It's very connected here. In the latter part of the Gospel of Luke, Jesus is foretelling about the wars and persecutions that are coming. And in the very last week of Jesus' life, right, his Passion Week, Jesus warns his disciples in Luke chapter 21. He says, if you look with me in verses 10 to 12, he's talking about these unbelievers. You're going to be persecuted by these unbelievers. You're gonna be handed over to prison. And you're gonna be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. There's gonna be earthquakes and terrors and great signs. This is what's happening right now as Peter's writing his letters. Peter is writing these letters to the diaspora, the Christians who are suffering, scattered, who are being persecuted. That's the context for our passage today. And then look at what Jesus says. In Luke 21, verse 13, in the midst of this suffering, in the midst of this calamity and persecution, in a season where there may be no hope, Jesus says in verse 13, This will be your opportunity to bear witness. Hmm. Of all times, of all seasons, when things are uh, uncertain and fearful and worrisome, Jesus says, This will be your opportunity to bear witness. In the NASB again, it says, this will lead to an opportunity for your testimony. What's happening in the world, perhaps in this season today. To bear witness, to give an answer for your faith, especially to those who are persecuting us for faith. But notice what Jesus says about what we are to do, or better yet, what we are not to do. In sharing our faith or giving an answer. In verse 14 of Luke 21, Jesus says, Settle it therefore in your minds not to meditate beforehand how to answer. Hmm. He's saying before you're you know, getting ready in pre- preparation to make a case, don't meditate beforehand on how to answer. What does that mean? What is Jesus saying, you know, don't, don't read the Bible, don't study this, don't, don't go through evangelism training, don't read theology, don't learn apologetics, don't know how to defend your faith? Of course not. You know, that's all important. We ought to be doing that. So what is Jesus saying? Not to meditate beforehand, how to answer. That's not the key, he's saying, to witness. When people ask for the reason for the hope that you have, it's not all these answers that we come up with in the Bible or our apologetics training and such. How then are we to get ready? How then are we to be prepared in this season to be a witness for Christ? And here the key lies in verse 15 again. 1 Peter 3, 15. You know, again, we just said this call, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason, right? For the hope that is in you. What does Jesus say right before this text? And it's beautiful if you look at it. The connection, the flow, and how this letter goes. He's not just saying, you know what? Just, just, just have the answers ready, memorize it, be a script. And sometimes, you know, if, when we go share the gospel, it feels sometimes like a script, right? Just like a, like a, a you know, a, a thing that we've memorized, and it doesn't come across genuine. A lot of times, people, when when people you know hear the gospel, perhaps in, even in our evangelism training, it, it seems rehearsed. It doesn't seem real. So you know what? Nah. I've heard this before, or I don't I don't see that genuinity, right? The answer here is not in, in what we learn or study or memorize. Look with me again. Always being prepared to make a defense. What is it right before? Here's the key: it says, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy. Hmm. There's a connection. There's a connection in how we are to be ready for witness. To always be ready to make a case. The connection is what's right before, to set your part, Christ in your hearts as Lord. In order to you, for you to be ready to be a witness, the key really is to set your hearts. Set it apart. Christ in your hearts as Lord. Right? What does that mean? <laughs> What does that mean, to, to revere or regard Christ as holy? Well, there's a key uh, understanding, again, in the flow of this passage. Look with me in verse 14. Okay? Verse 14, it says, Even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. And Paul, Peter says, Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. Okay? Again, the connection. We don't want to just take one verse and just read it out of context. There's a connection here, a flow. Peter saying in this context to all the believers in the world who are suffering in this time, real persecution now, right? They're being thrown in jail, in prison. There's real suffering. He says, even if you suffer for righteousness sake, you are blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. Don't fear. Don't be frightened. But instead, set apart the Lord Christ in your hearts. In other words, don't be afraid of man. right? Don't be afraid of anything else in this world. Don't be afraid or worry about what man threatens you with. Remember, the context here of witnessing, of sharing your faith, be prepared to give an answer for the reason, for the hope. Don't be afraid of what you're afraid of. The things that intimate or intimidate you uh, or, or, you know, things that get in the way or excuses that we make of, of sharing our faith about Jesus. Maybe this fear of rejection. You know, I don't want to be rejected by the person that I, I share. Or this fear of ridicule or shame. Oh, look at that, you know, you know, Christian, holy. I don't want to associate with him. This fear of maybe being hurt, you know, in, in, in trying to share with someone that we love and we want to really, you know, share the, uh, to our family perhaps. This p- fear of being hurt, fear of judgment, right? Who are you to judge me? Why? Fear of maybe not just knowing enough theology or answers. Fear of disappointment. All these fears, what men fear, what perhaps we and I have feared, you know, uh, or a reason not to share. Instead of fear, God says, have reverence in your heart as Christ, as Lord. Set apart Jesus Christ in your hearts. Revere him in what we do. If you revere Christ in what you do, then you may not have fear in your hearts. Revering Christ is what we do in order not to have fear in our hearts of what man can do to us, you see? If you fear Christ, revere Christ, then in essence, this fear of man dissipates. It's a source of confidence and hope. Right? It's this hope that we have. and such so as relationship between revering Christ in our hearts and, on the other hand, what it leads to, being ready to make a case for the hope that we have. right? There's a connection here. And, and sometimes this connection is hard to follow, and it's hard to understand. And let me explain it in a different way. And, and I came across this beautiful insight from one of the great pastors of our generation, Pastor John Piper. And in this text he's talking about, in this verse 13, 14, and 15, he says, picture this text here. 14 and 15, he says, picture it as a sandwich, he says. Picture 1 Peter 3, 14, 15 as a sandwich, a piece of bread on top, then a piece of meat in the middle, and then underneath another piece of bread, almost like the first one, right? <laughs> Have you ever thought of God's word scripture as a sandwich? Delicious sandwich. Who doesn't love a sandwich? I love sandwiches, right? I love sandwiches, whatever sandwich you need, but hey, you know, Subway, right? Subway recently came out with a new deal again. You know, back in my generation when I grew up, right, they had those $5 footlongs, right? $5, $5 footlong. You know, the commercials are out. We were, kids are singing that at home. $5 long. It's like amazing deal for a whole 12-inch long sandwich. So much. How did they even make money from that? Well, they, they recently came back. $5 footlongs. If you get two footlongs, it's $5 each. Now a new sandwich came out, the barbecue rib sandwich, right? And man, I was like, I got to go to Subway to try this out. And one of my favorite sandwiches or burgers in any fast food is a McDonald's McRib. You know what I'm talking about? The McRib, right? It's seasonal. It's like like only maybe a a few weeks in the year if you can find it. But if you do find it, I stock up on those McRibs, right? So delicious that that rib sandwich, right? And then so we had it. I went, I had it just two days ago. I got four of those foot-long rib sandwiches. It was delicious. It's amazing. I've had Subway all the time. You have all these different meats, and it's all the you know, different, but the meat inside that I'm looking for, that rib sandwich, that's the key, right? And I love that. It tastes delicious. Look at this passage in, in the context, <laughs> as Peter's writing, as a sandwich here. The top is a bread, the bottom is a bread, and the meat inside, verse 14 and 15. Look with me here, okay? The top of the bread... In verse 14 says, do not be afraid of men. Do not be troubled. Don't worry about all the things that man is saying to you, all the fears that we have in this world. The bottom of the bread says, always be prepared to make a case for the hope that you have inside, right? Be ready to make a defense. Be a witness, right? Now let's compare these two pieces of bread. <laughs> Top piece, again, the sandwich, right? The bread. Don't be afraid. What does that mean? It's not easy. Just just say, don't be afraid. If someone says, don't be afraid, oh, okay, all right. What? No, I'm still afraid. It's real. It's fears and concerns and worries. In order not to be afraid, then, what? You have to have a reason, some reason to be hopeful, right? Think about it. In order not to be afraid, you have to have a reason to have hope. That makes sense, then, right? The bottom piece of the bread says, be ready to make a case for the hope. For the hope that is in you, be ready to make a case for that very hope, but again, in order to make a case for your hope, to give an answer, you have to, again, have some reason to be hopeful, don't you not? You have to have a reason for to be hopeful. In other words, both of these pieces of bread, if you want to say, verse 14 and 15, they're commanding us to do the very same thing, namely, do what we need to do is have our hearts brimming with hope instead of fear. Right. Have our hearts just exuding hope instead of fear. And how is that possible? Let's get to the meat of the sandwich. Okay? Let's get to the, the rib, right? The delicious part, the, the thing that makes the sandwich for what it is. Let's get to it. here. Yeah. The meat that's sandwiched in between these two pieces of bread tells us what to do in order to be hopeful instead of fearful. What is that? Verse 15, again, set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts, church. Set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts. Sanctify him, revere him, worship him in your hearts. That's the key. That's just meat in between these two pieces of bread that tell us what to do. That's the reason that we have to be hopeful, church. You know, how are we not to fear, right? How are we not to fear in this season especially, in a world that may always seem to be mocking Christianity and criticizing Christians, you know? How can we not be afraid of what others say, of what others others may think of us, what others might do to us? The answer, Peter says, revere the Lord Christ in your heart and your fear will be replaced with hope, church. Revere Christ in your heart and all those fears will be replaced with the hope, Above all else, when you revere Jesus, when he's the only one that matters, the one that really matters to who we find our approval, our worth, our acceptance, our love, all of that, if Jesus is really the only one that really matters, then all our fears for man in this world, they disappear. And the fears then are replaced with hope, church, hope. You following now? The key to witness, the key to missions, if you want to say, to make a case for your hope. Yeah, all the other stuff, reading the Bible, you know, learning apologetics, all the theology, that's all important. That, you know, we need to know how to answer. But the key to give an answer, to have some reason for to be hopeful, is not, not be afraid, not to be troubled. The key is to revere the Lord Christ as Lord in your heart, church. Do we revere Christ as Lord? Think about it, what that means, you know. And we have legitimate fears right now in this COVID pandemic. COVID's not going away anytime soon. I'm fearful right now for the present. I'm fearful what's gonna happen you know, in a few weeks with my kids going back to school. I'm afraid of what's gonna happen in the second wave, possibly in the fall, winter. I'm afraid of what's gonna happen to my business. My grandparents still will live in the senior living center. I'm afraid. How can we not fear during this time? And to think of missions of all things, of being a witness, how is that possible? And yesterday, you know, we had a beautiful time of fellowship with one who is living a testimony of hope. His life is a testimony of this hope that is being exuded to others, who's living a life of mission, of being Jesus' witness. You know, last year, uh, we sent a team, QPEM did, to partner with missionary John Kang in Kenya, right? He's in the northern, uh, you know, desert region of, of Kenya, Marsabit. And yesterday, through technology, we were able to connect together with missionary Kang, right? Through Zoom, and it was just great to see each other's faces and laugh and share and catch up and learn from him. And how are we not to fear and have hope in this season? Missionary Kang shared a brief word yesterday that I felt was so moving and powerful, I, I said, I have to share this with you guys today. I have to share this, not just from a pastor. I'm talking about from a man who's out on the mission field today still. Missions hasn't stopped for him. Right? He's living it out in the desert with foreign people. In Marsibit, with you know, these tribes that are clashing in war and battle, Islam presence and persecution. He's living it. I want you to hear from him, a man and his wife who's living it out. It's a video here from yesterday's Zoom session. Missionary, John King, he's got a word to share with us today.
1: Thank you very much for <clears throat> having us at this time. And uh, we are very glad uh, to see uh, the zeal you have for missions. Um, Yeah, maybe we can uh, uh, create more or share uh, more about our mission field uh, later. But uh, briefly, I want to share uh, uh, the word from uh, from God from the Bible uh, concerning to uh, mission. So we are familiar with uh, Acts chapter one, verses six through eight. Uh, So when they had uh, come together. They asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel, kingdom to Israel? Verse seven he said to them, It is not for you to know times and regions that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Uh, nowadays, we are facing world pandemic situation. Uh, when we wake up, uh, up in the morning, we look at, at the news concerning to COVID-19, and uh, somehow we build our worries daily through that. Uh, there are many worries we could have, uh, but the most the difficult and the common one is uh, uncertainty. Uncertainty, We fear of, of what will happen tomorrow. I think that the disciples of Jesus felt the same thing um, in this uh, situation of Acts chapter one. <clears throat> uh, Jesus' disciples uh, worried uh, about the departure of the resurrected Jesus Christ. He talked about the Kingdom of God before His death and after His resurrection. Now they realize that His time on earth will be very short. So they anxiously ask Him when the Kingdom of God will be realized. Jesus said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Jesus replies that God the Father sets the timetable for all events, international, national, and personal. You don't need to worry about the times and seasons. They are in God's control. Mm -hmm. Uh, but there is one thing uh, we are told to do by our region Lord until he comes back. When he comes back, he will really fulfill what he said, what he promised to us, the kingdom of God completely. So verse 8, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be and my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. We can think of three uh, things briefly in this verse eight. Uh, first, we desperately need the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus commanded them to wait first the Holy Spirit. Of course Luke uh, chapter 2849 already he said to them, And also um, Acts 1 and 4, he said, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit, which he said, you heard from me. So we should continue to wait for the Holy Spirit who would empower us with courage, boldness, confidence, insight, ability, and authority. In this world pandemic situation, we need them greatly than in any other time in human history, I believe. Second, we must be the witnesses of Jesus Christ. Verse eight continues as that. You will be my witnesses. We need the Holy Spirit in order to be the witnesses of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. Yeah, there are so many things we can testify about Jesus, but the main testimony we should do is his resurrection, his death and resurrection. So Paul summarizes it clearly in First Corinthians chapter 3, fifteen, the three and four. For I delivered to you as a first importance. Paul delivered this gospel as a first importance every time when he preached. <clears throat> what I also received, so he received the message, and he did that that Christ died for our sins in accordance accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, uh, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Jesus needs his witnesses, his human agents like you and me, who can testify his death and resurrection, Mm. not with words or mouth, but with the changed lives <laughs> because of its death and resurrection. Pacify, no more fear of death because of its resurrection. And uh, no more fear of a, a future because our, we are insured about our eternal hope in heaven. Mm. So uh, it uh, leads to number three. Jesus' witness should be there in all tribes of the world. So uh, verse 8 says that uh, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in, and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Uh, verse 8 uh, describes a series of ever-widening uh, circles The gospel should be spread geographically from Jerusalem into Judea and Samaria, and finally to the whole world. It began with the devoted Jews in Jerusalem and Samaria and spread to the mixed race in Samaria and has been offered to the Gentiles in the utmost parts of the earth. But still there are people groups like Burana, Gabra Sakuye, Somali Samburu, and rendile waiting for the gospel. They are the people groups in Masabit County. And the gospel has not reached its final destination. If a sermon in your family, in your workplace, in your school, or in your community hasn't heard about Jesus Christ. As a conclusion, in any situation we are in, we are we are his agents. We must make sure that we are contributing in some way to the ever widening circles of the gospel, even in the situation of COVID nineteen. Amen.
0: Amen. I love missionary John King. I especially love his accent, right? You notice his accent, you know, he's got this Australian kind of British feel and I started talking like him, you know, when we came back, but just to reconnect with him, the power, the passion you see, it's real. It's real in his life, right? He says we are to be Jesus's witnesses, witnesses of what? 1 Corinthians 15, right? Of first importance that Christ died for our sins that he was buried and he was raised on the third day. That's a gospel, that's a good news. And because of the good news, we have no fear, right? There's nothing to be afraid of now. Christ is victorious, he has risen. What have we to fear, right? Especially during this COVID-19 season. Jesus said, don't be worried about the times and seasons, right? That's all in God's control, he said. You receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and he has, and so be his witnesses, Jesus says. You will be my witnesses, share the testimony. Remember Jesus, right? He was sent by God on a mission. We know that God sent him on a mission, what? To be Emmanuel, God with us, to show us who he is, right? John 1:14, right? The word became flesh, dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. glories of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. We have seen God's glory manifested in his son, Jesus Christ. And now we're to do the same for others, to show God's glory, to show who God is. As Jesus Christ was sent to show God, we are to do the same, right? Jesus was a missionary. He came to save, Luke 19, 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. We're to follow that calling. Jesus is calling us to be his agents, his ambassadors, his witnesses, to go and save the lost. many people to testify of his power and resurrection. See, change lives, our testimony, no more fear, no more death, why? Because he has risen church. His resurrection is real. There's no more fear of the future, why? Because we're insured, Missionary King said. eternal hope that we have in heaven, right? What do we have to be afraid of in heaven, right? As it pertains to the gospel then, of witnessing and going out. In in a season like this, gospel in life, we just had this lesson this past Tuesday on witness, how timely is that? The gospel produces a constellation of trace within us. First, we're compelled to share the gospel out of love, the Father's love, remember last week? The Father loves us, he showed us that on the cross with his son Jesus' death. Because of his love, we are compelled now to share his love, not by any other reason than as a response of his love. Secondly, we're freed from this fear of being ridiculed, right, or hurt by others. Why? Because we already have the favor of God's grace. That's why. We already have earned his favor, not because anything you and I did, but because what Christ has done, right? So, what have we to fear of being ridiculed or hurt? God has already given us favor. Praise God. Third, there's a humility in our dealings with others. There's a humility, not a prideful sense of superiority that, oh, I have as a superior insight or character than you. No, we share this with humility, with gentleness and respect, Peter says in our passage. Why? Because we know we are saved only by God's grace. It's his grace, unmerited favor that saves us right? fourthly we are hopeful about anyone even the worst of sinners even the hardest cases even my dad who i think man i don't know if he will ever come to know jesus why because we know we are saved only because of grace ourselves that's why i didn't do anything different than my dad really did in my life to to, to be saved no that was god's favor upon me and we know that god can do that for anyone right anyone even the hardest of cases we're hopeful for that lastly we are courteous and careful we don't have to try to push or coerce them or try to you know brainwash them or try to make them into something that they're not why because it's god's grace that opens hearts church it's god's spirit who softens and melts the hearts not our eloquence or persistence or even their openness even mind you it's god's grace it's all the grace of god that's the good news we have in the gospel right Church, as I conclude, Missionary King's charge to us today, I felt it was so personal and powerful. And I pray that he spoke to you today as well, that in any situation we're in, even today, even in this pandemic quarantine, we are his agents, Christ's agents. He reminded us, the gospel has not yet reached its final destination, right? In Africa, surely, yeah, there's unreached people groups like the Samburu tribe, the Burana tribe. Yeah, we know that. Yeah, maybe in Africa, sure, that's Africa, Pastor Peter. Yeah, you know, maybe in one day, you know, another mission team will go to, you know, reach the end of the earth there. Come on, there's people in our lives today that the gospel still has not yet fully reached. Is that not true? In, in some way or another, there's people in our lives that we know, whether we work with them or in their families or our best friends even, they don't know Jesus, you know? Yeah, maybe we think in the mission field, we do all this, you know, you know investing, we share, you know, the gospel stories, we share skits and songs, and, and yeah, people open up. How about today? You know, how can we expect people to open up when we're not sharing the good news? Showing, displaying the gospel through word and through deed, right? We do that on the mission field, don't we? How do we expect it to be any different here in the mission field of New York? How are people going to get to know about Jesus? We gotta pray. We gotta pray as we go back to our passage today. May Christ, Lord in your heart, revere him in your heart. Is there someone in your family or in your school, in your community who hasn't heard about Christ? Jesus says, this is your opportunity to witness, especially those who are fearful, who are worried, uncertain of the future. Tell them of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Tell them there's a hope, a risen hope, and he's real. Right? There's people in our lives that God has placed in our paths that are unreached, and God gives us an opportunity to reach them through the good news. Today we have another opportunity, a last opportunity, uh, uh, you know, this afternoon, to hear from another missionary that we're partnering with at CUPEM, missionary James Lee from Arizona. I encourage you, if you want to learn more, again, the best people to learn, I really believe, are those that are living it out on the field themselves 24 seven, right? Missionary James Lee is doing such in Arizona right now uh, with the Native American uh, tribes and the people. Today we have a live Zoom session at four o'clock our own sister, Deacon Jenny Wang, she'll be facilitating, moderating that session. This is a way not just to learn from missionary James today, but to encourage the missionaries who are out on the mission field. This is a way we are supporting them, not just financially, but we're encouraging them, we're loving them, we're caring for them. Why? Because we're showing that, hey, we, we, we think of you, we're praying for you, and we're here with you today. I encourage you to join today at 4 o'clock, on Zoom. Missionary James from Arizona next Sunday. He's our last one from Cupem. Missionary, oh, Missionary Lee from Honduras next Sunday at 4 o'clock. You know. Brothers and sisters, I invite the worship team up here as we close. How can we be ready to make a case for the hope? How can we be prepared to give an answer for the reason for the hope that we have? Think of that sandwich again, All right, Think of that sandwich, the meat of that sandwich. The top bread says, do not fear. Human threats. The bottom piece says, always be prepared, ready to make a case. The meat in the middle tells us how to do both. Revere the Lord Christ in your hearts. Set your mind on his promises. He will care for you. Trust him with your heart. If you do, church, your fear of men will be turned to hope. And you will have a reason then to give for the hope that is in you. Revere Christ. Always have a reason to give for why you are hopeful. Revere him, honor him, set him apart in your hearts. Let's continue to be his witnesses this season. Let's pray, church. Thanks for listening to the QPM podcast. For more information on our church, please visit our website at www.qpm.org. That's Q-P-E-M.org.